Well, on a summer road trip, you plot out a certain path, uh, as Lisa said, or at least you get every intention of getting to your destination. There are bathroom breaks, ridiculous amounts of junk, junk food being eaten, and as you roll down the window while the music blares, it really captures the essence of the Griswold family station wagon, right? And then you hit construction, the unending, are we there yet? And Google Maps recalculating, recalculating and recalculating. Just like our lives, the journey is always an experience. And the road that leads us to Jesus, it's a winding, it's exhilarating, and sometimes it's under construction. In the summer road trip series, Lance and I, we are going to walk through some of the signs on the road of following Jesus and what are they saying? Are you headed in the right direction? And like any road trip, you may grab some memories or some souvenirs and take them back home with you. However, our hope is through the next few weeks, these signs along the way, they don't end up in your garage sale in three years, but they become significant to you so that your journey is life-changing and it is hope-filled. The first sign that we see headed down this road, it is a four-letter word. It is flashing in neon red lights. It is love. Jesus said this, So I give you a new command. Love each other deeply and fully. Remember the ways that I have loved you and demonstrate your love for others in those same ways. Everyone will know you as my followers if you demonstrate your love to others. There's a lot that is said in those two verses. And love has become very convoluted in our culture. At first, you know, everyone thinks it's a feeling, but it really becomes so much more than that. It is an active choice. It's a verb. It causes us to take action of some kind. Ephesians says, follow God's example. Walk in the way of love. Jesus isn't calling us to a one-time road trip. He's asking all of us to consciously follow this action of love daily. He's asking us to be a part of something bigger with a chance to rise up where we can come together in him. Well, it is important, like any verse that we read in the Bible, to not just slap it on a meme or a coffee mug. It's it's essential for us as followers and just people in general to see what's happening behind the scenes when we read a verse. What were the reasons why these words were said? We have to be curious and make our faith our own. So in chapter 13, where this verse was today, it's Thursday night. And Jesus and his disciples are celebrating the Passover meal together. Jesus is fully aware that his time has come, and unbeknownst to the rest of the disciples, by tomorrow, he will be crucified. This was his time, and he could have been freaking out, but he chose to speak into them. So just think about that. What would be your last words you want to impart to those you loved? Jesus chooses to give a new command, and it simply says, love one another as I have loved you. Before we jump into loving others, I think we need to not gloss over loving ourselves. God 
loves us. Do we really know that? In order to love others, we can't do that until we believe that about ourselves, to know how loved you are. I'm sure some of you grew up with a parent who just, you could not live up to their expectations. Or someone you loved knew how to twist your words to hurt you emotionally. Maybe you were never noticed or told you were beautiful. And because of it, you sought love in unhealthy ways. Maybe it was that one stupid, flippant comment that someone said about you in high school, and you've chosen to let that one comment define you in your life today. When someone turns their back on us and love isn't reciprocated, it hurts. And the love we view in ourselves it just diminishes over time. The idea of loving who you are, it didn't matter in the past. And so why would it matter now? Until now, you didn't realize how little the love that you had for yourself and because it just hasn't been tended to. It's really hard to show the love of God to others if we don't see what he sees in us. How are we to love ourselves when we have these shadows of our past covering our future? Just like we need little reminders to go to the dentist, to pick up waffles at the grocery store, our faith, we need reminders too. A reminder of what God believes about us. If we deem the Bible true, which I do, and God's promises are real, we can be confident by starting with what the Word of God says about each one of us. So maybe you're thinking, I don't know if I'm worth it. God says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are a fully known creation. If you think you're not good enough and you don't have anything to offer, even the hairs on your head, they are numbered. Fear not, you are more valuable than many sparrows. We are precious and appreciated. For who is for me? Like, I'm doing this all by myself. That's maybe how you feel. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. That is why we should be called the children of God. We are children to a Father that we can always count on and will always love us. And when you feel like you don't belong, Remember that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. We are all chosen, holy, royalty. God's love for us is deep and it is full. This is not a fleeting, crush kind of love. It is bigger than fairy tales and high school romances. It is choosing to remember all of that when we have to combat those situations in our lives that shaped our minds up until now. We can begin to rebuild our own foundation with those kinds of truth. Knowing how God views you and loves us unconditionally, that is gonna shape our perspective each and every day. So we need to be aware of how we talk about ourselves. You probably don't realize the number of thoughts that are rushing through your mind and if you believe that you are not worthy of God's love and you're just listening to the lies that you've come to believe, it's gonna cause us a barrier to love other people. 
So find the truth, and when you recognize those hard thoughts or emotions that are flooding your brain, shut it down and say, not today, Satan, right? (laughs) Share it with a friend. Ask someone to pray for you. Just focus on God, because these are the verses that we talked about today that we just want to impart into our brains. It takes practice, but keep going. I promise you, you are going to continue to grow that healthy foundation. I'm confident there were so many stories that, uh, about Jesus' life that the disciples could recall, but this next example was significant. Prior to sharing this new command, Jesus got down on his knees. He took off his outer garments, and he washed all 12 of the disciples' feet. Sandals were the primary footwear of the day, and servants were to wash the guests' feet before dinner. And the disciples, they were kind of hesitant because I'm sure they were a little shocked to see the man who calls himself Lord kneeling before his friends and even his betrayer, Judas, and washing the dirt and the sand from in between their toes and their calloused heels. This act, it was countercultural then, and it still is countercultural now. Can you imagine the president of a Fortune 500 company going down to the factory floor and washing his employees' feet? It sounds ridiculous, but that's what Jesus did. He wants to take this world and flip it on its head and so he can show us what real love is all about. To love each other deeply and fully, we have to remember Jesus' expression of humility and servanthood and use that as our example. Even though the weight of his world was literally on his shoulders that night, he chose to serve through his own lens of grace. His time was limited, and with death hanging at his door, a decision is that he chose us. He wanted us to remember the ways that I have loved you and demonstrate your love for others in those same ways. When we're wandering the road and wondering what to do next, is it to be humble, to love others with a servant's heart? Jesus was a very hands-on teacher. Everyone learns differently, but for me, I'm a visual learner, so seeing people demonstrate something really changes the game. I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to learn how to fix something or code or create or paint or even fix our dishwasher, and you name it. Where do we go? YouTube, right? (laughs) We have videos upon videos explaining to us and showing us how to do pretty much anything. If you're ever in question on what to do next in life, read through Jesus's life. He perfectly demonstrates grace, humility, hope, kindness, and justice, and so much more. Jesus had a ministry that it was only three years. His life was so worthy that we're still talking about it today. He was with people. He was never forcing them, having a hidden agenda, or showcasing power over one another. He was just loving them where they were at. And that's what Jesus is asking us to do, is to display our love so it is an extension of God, and only because of him, we get to be examples to others. 
If we know that, we have this amazing purpose now in our lives that we get to demonstrate his love. As a parent, you hope that something you say kind of hits your children and you pray it sticks. In this year that rocked the education world, there was a real bright spot when we received an email from our daughter's teacher. It was about how proud she was of our daughter Edie and her two friends. There was recently a new student that joined in their class who was painfully shy and introverted. And so these girls took it upon themselves without any prompting to take this new student under their wings. They included her, they played with her at recess, and they partnered up for group classwork. In only a month, there was a massive shift for this sweet girl. She was now participating in class, engaging in conversations with other teachers, and her family was so thankful Uh, that she had these newfound friends. Edie's teacher told them that they had been a blessing for this girl and that they had made a significant impact on her life of this new friend, but also her teachers. Now, obviously, Eric and I, we care a lot about education. We know that's super important. But for us, this action, this is what really counted. A simple demonstration of compassion friendship, and hope to influence another person's life. Guys, this is an 11-year-old girl. Imagine the kind of change we can make in this world a little bit every day. And I'm sure when you hear that, it gives you all the warm fuzzies and we feel great. Loving others, it sounds so easy, you know? I mean, Who doesn't love chubby babies and precocious puppies and people who believe exactly the same as you do, right? But Jesus said to love each other. But did he really mean everyone? I mean, he probably never met my relatives, okay? (laughs) But there are no exceptions. We are to love each other. Judas, the guy who pretty much stabbed Jesus in the back, he was a part of his inner circle. Jesus washed his feet, and he broke bread with him. And then we have the other disciple, Peter, who later in this chapter said he would lay down his life for Jesus. But then, just a day later, he cowered and denied even knowing him, not once, but three times. Jesus knew that both of them would not live up to his expectations, They would be hard people to love, yet he still died for them too. Unless you decide to hibernate and live off the grid, we're going to have many kinds of relationships in our lives. So how do we love daily? How do we love the most difficult when we just don't know how? I really like the way um, this artist, Ruth Cho Simmons, phrased these three ideas on how to love in any relationships when it can be hard. I'm sure everybody has someone that they can think of. So number one is just being a good student of the gospel. That simply means the Bible. You know how you get lost on a road trip, and sometimes you should just stop and ask for directions. <laughs> Our directions they're right here in the Bible. And we just need to start becoming a student of it. 
Our son Reed is taking guitar lessons from Bruce here at Westridge, and the best advice Bruce gives to Reed to practice is to do a little bit at a time, because a little bit, it goes a long way, and it becomes this muscle memory. The same is true as a student of God's word. If we just take these two verses, not a whole chapter, just two verses this week, we read and we focus in on them, the word of God, it becomes our lifeline. Remembering the stories of what Jesus did for us honors his life by having it fill up our own so that when the hard people come, and trust me, they will, the work we put is present in our mind. Number two is loving others for who they are, not your idea of them. We all have faults, and we often put our best selves first. And when we meet someone, um, you kind of get comfortable and familiar, and then maybe like the cracks start to show, and you're kind of like, did you always chew with your mouth open that big? Are you holding people to a standard or ideals that not even Jesus holds them to? Are you believing that they are not worthy of your love? Let's not waste the precious time that we have on this earth. We need to start breaking those ideals down and start loving these people as who they are, not who you hope they will be. God, he's going to take care of the rest. Number three is we are best with one another when Christ is first in our lives. Verse one of this chapter, it says, from the beginning to end, Jesus's days were marked by his love for his people. Jesus loved everyone, and it was obvious. So what are your days marked by? When it's hard to love, what are you doing? Are you scrolling, eating, gaming, shutting down, online shopping, streaming? Everybody has their certain behavior that they go to first. When I feel overwhelmed and anxious, it's usually because I'm disconnected from him. Every day, each one of us, we have to physically put in the work in place to have Jesus first in place in our lives. When we have that kind of perspective, it changes how we love each other. And fourth, as I would add my own, is just sticking with it, is we have the best intentions to love, but we need to stick to it. He's not expecting perfection from us. Every day is a choice, and it's to continue to walk in love with God, ourselves and others. To make progress, even if it's tiny, and if we didn't get it right yesterday, thank God we have today to try again. Love, this is a huge topic. I thought this message would be a breeze, but I feel like we're gonna barely scratch the surface here today. There is a lot to unpack, and so in verse 35 it says, everyone will know you as my followers if you demonstrate your love to others. If we wanna follow Jesus, because remember, it is our choice to do so, we need to be willing to love. It's by our love that as followers of Jesus, we are most recognized in this world. It's not by our name, our bank account, 
our job, our denomination, or even the church that we attend. It's by our love. Authentic love is getting past the superficial, and it begins to cause this chain reaction. It's no secret. We know that this world is broken, and it will continue to be broken until Jesus returns. In the meantime, we get to be the physical continuation of John 3.16. For God so loved the world, we get to continue to do that in this hard, soulless, desolate place sometimes of this world, we get to bring value, worth, and hope to everybody. One of my favorite authors is Bob Goff, and this guy's um, joy is contagious, just as when he speaks as it is on paper, and he wrote this book called uh, Love Does, but he also wrote a kid's book version, um, which is great because it has pictures, okay? Um, so one of my favorite stories is when he was a kid, he would stay over at his grandma Mary's house, and she would give him his own room. It was nothing fancy, but it had a desk with two drawers in it. And every time he would stay over, he would race upstairs, and in one of the drawers would be room rent, it was just a few nickels and dimes, and then they would go to the store and um, get some candy and work on a project together. Grandma Sarah, Mary said it would only be right if she gave him rent, if she would use his room for sewing sometimes. But the funny thing is she never sewed a day in her life. So this is what he says. It's easy to think that loving people the way Jesus did means that we have to do really big things for them. The kinds of things the whole world will see or people will write about in newspapers or talk about in news or make into a movie. Doing big things to love people is fantastic. But what I learned from Grandma Mary is that big love doesn't need to attract big attention. We need to give love away like we're made of it. And sometimes that comes out in the smallest, simplest acts of kindness. Even though they may have not looked big to most people, Grandma Mary's simple acts of love shaped the person I grew up to be. I knew that I wanted to show the same kindness to my own kids one day, that I wanted to be the type of person who helps other people too. Because Grandma Mary gave me so much love, I learned how to love and give more love away. Lots of things and Jesus' kingdom seem to be the opposite of what you expect. When we give our love away, we're not paying Jesus back for what he's done. It's actually the opposite. It's like he's left room rent in our dresser drawer. And we can't wait, he can't wait, to see how we'll use what he's given us to love others. Well, you may say, Danielle, you know what? I just don't know where to start. And I'd ask you, do you know anybody? Do you love anyone in your life? Do you have a neighbor? This doesn't have to be monumental. I think we start creating these things in our mind where how do we create world peace or end the hunger crisis? But then we just kind of stop ourselves and we just don't do anything. We just need to be a little bit more like Grandma Mary. Love wins when as parents we are not best friends to our kids. Saying no sometimes 
is showing love because we want to protect and we want to teach them. When sickness has taken a husband's mind, love wins when their wife chooses to advocate and hold their hand in the hospital through it all. Love wins when we are uncomfortable and we still uplift and support others who don't have a voice. Love wins when we have different views, but we can still listen and we can sit across the table. We can break bread with one another. Maybe there is a challenging employee at work. Have you ever sat down and heard their story? Love wins when we take the time to teach and mentor them to progress. So what's one simple thing you can do this week? God's grace-filled love was fully human in Jesus, and he chose to die for each and every one of us. That sacrificial love, it shakes our culture, and it is so revolutionary that it can only point others to him. And without a shadow of a doubt, God loves you, and in the end, his love will always win.